You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. We're live. I said, hey, hey, welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. I said, hey, hey, welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. We're going to drink a fine whiskey and smoke a really fine cigar. All right, it is time for happy hour. It is the Man Cave Happy Hour, whiskey, cigar, spirits, and the stories that go along with it. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Hey, I'm Matt Fox. And Matt, we are in our Northville Studios podcast, Detroit. Downtown. <laughs> Downtown Northville, that's, that's right. But uh, we're a little off, I, I surprised you on this one. I was hey, like, hey, Matt. What? We got an interview in about 20 minutes, dude. Jamie, when are we ever prepared? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's because it's World Bartender Day, February 24th here. It's World Bartender Day. And on the phone with us to talk about World Bartender Day, Lucas Huff. Lucas, welcome to the Man Cave. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate it. So, Lucas, uh, yeah, I I got this email earlier, you know, talking about – and you have like a a very interesting – uh, mix of mastery that you have under your belt. You were a, a sommelier, and uh, you, you, you became that. And then you're like, hey, I want to mix this stuff, too. So you have uh, two passions, uh, the tasting and, and the mixing. And I love a good sommelier, so impress me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, how did you become uh, the, 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 the taster, a renowned certified taster? Uh, you know, it's actually... It's pretty interesting. I, both my parents are chefs. Um, I grew up in the restaurant and service industry my whole life. I mean, I was, I was washing dishes in my dad's restaurant um, just in the, the South Lake Tahoe area when I was, like, six. So there's, there's some child labor laws that wouldn't be there, but it's a family. If it's an Italian family, it's okay, I guess. Yeah, that's what I was reading. It was like, I went off when I was 12, and I'm yeah. like, how did you start doing that when you are 12? <laughs> So having two parents yeah. that are Italian and chefs, yeah. you were born with a palate. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, accordingly, um, you know, my dad, my dad was always, he went to culinary school in, in Florence, Italy, and he was always extremely passionate hmm. um, about not only food, but, but his wine as well. And, um, you know, I mean, at a young age, he was always letting me either kind of dip my bread in the wine or, or, or smell what's in the glass. And then when I started working outside of the family's restaurants, um, I was always, you know, kind of enamored by what was in the glass, like how people were able to smell, you know, what is, what is cassis? What does cassis smell like? You can't, you can't say it smells like cassis if you don't know what it smells yeah. like. So what is kind of smelling yeah. everything, tasting things. So what, if, if someone was to say, you know, if someone, what, what does it smell like? What can, can you describe it or... Because I've never heard that word cassis. Again, we're novices. So, uh, what is that word cassis? So that's that's um, basically. I, I think that the, the, the easiest way to answer that is, is when somebody, you know, floral is a much more vague thing. Sure. So instead of instead of using a, a really really descriptive thing like you know this smells like exactly like chamomile or smells exactly like lavender, mm-hmm. you you're you know that you can smell flowers, right? Ah, okay. So. When you begin to hone in your palate, when you when you're smelling things, you're you're smelling, say it smells earthy or, or like tree bark. You're yeah. you're smelling a, a bitter root or something like that, or you're smelling the difference between French and American oak. Hmm. Um, there are a lot of really really unique indicators that can tell you not necessarily what something is, 
but they can tell you what it isn't, hmm. if that makes any sense. It does. It does. So, um, you know, going going back to the, the, the history of, of how I kind of got into this. Please. When I started working outside the family restaurant, I, I got a job at a, a fine dining restaurant. It was kind of a local steakhouse. And every Monday, the um, this is when I was like 16 years old. Um, every Monday, all the servers and all the, the, the bus boys and whatnot, we'd, we'd all get together and they would do a wine uh, a wine training. And um, I would always smell what was in that. Mm-hmm. And I could never taste it. And I really think that that was one of the most beneficial things in the whole education because I couldn't, I couldn't hone it down to what I actually tasted. It was always just trying to decide this based on smell and smell only. Ah. So it was really, it was really kind of, you know, like I said, you start with earthy or you start with floral, or you start with, with red fruit or, or sour fruit or citrus and stuff like that. And then you really begin to hone it down on really individual things like the difference between lemon, lemon curd, Myers lemon, they all smell a little bit different, right? Hmm. If you say so, yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's where that's why why we do this is so so we can learn and and that's uh, love having experts on. So um, you've moved from being the sommelier to bartending uh, and mixing yeah. the two and mixing mixing the cocktails. How did that How did that evolve for you? Um, so when I turned twenty one, and I began to to taste things. Um, naturally when you turn 20 you're not just going to jump into being a psalm so i was bartending my first bartending gig was at this beautiful establishment called uh, buffalo wild wing <laughs> you know what actually here's a, dubs, yeah. you know you say that but here's the thing because i'm a you know jamie flanagan i'm an irish boy i love my guinness if, if i walk into a bar my first thing is uh, do you have guinness mm-hmm. uh and and the thing is it needs to be poured correctly am, am i right with that is it is there a difference when you pour a guinness correctly I, oh, hell yeah. 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 I know. So I go, but here's the thing. Uh, I told you that story to tell you this story <laughs> and to interrupt your story because it wasn't, there wasn't enough about me yet, Lucas. So, uh, but the place that pours a Guinness correctly more times than any other place I'm in and more consistently in various locations is Buffalo Wild Wings. I, I kid you not. It's like, because I'll go to like, you know, Joe's Irish Bar and then they don't pour the damn Guinness right. It's right. like you're killing me. So anyway, uh, we kind of scoff and laugh. But uh, if you're after a Guinness, man, the Buffalo Wild Wings, it's uh, they they do it right more times than not. But okay, so I interrupted. You were bartending, and your first gig was a, a Buffalo, Buffalo Wild, Wild Wings. Wings. Yep. Yeah, and well, I, I mean, I'm going to back that up. Uh, we used to have beer trainings um, at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. We had a lot of crazy stuff there that was like, you know. We would get measured on the amount of beer we would waste when we would pour. Ooh. There was like, uh, there was a container underneath the rail, underneath all the taps, and if it exceeded a certain amount, we weren't pouring the beer properly. Right. Okay. Shrinkage. So, all right. So that, that the, to, to tie into your Guinness thing, that was part of it. You know, you're not just going to sit there, open up your tap, and wait for it until you're, you know, you're absolutely pure, and then do it. It's like you got to learn exactly how to pour that beer, hmm. or else you're going to get your wrist smacked. Yeah. Uh, But after Buffalo Wild Wings, um, I I continued my bartending and it ended up in, I was in downtown LA for a little bit. And then I ended up working at a a private country club in North Lake Tahoe called Marta's Camp. Mm. And that was really where I got 
my first insight into one, the sommelier world, but the craft cocktail world as well. So we were doing wine and cocktail pairings. Um, and that was really kind of where all of these worlds kind of came together. And I focused on wine. And while I was focused on wine, I was, I was bartending too. So they all, I kind of grew up with both of them congruently. Hmm. And ultimately landed me. Um, I managed a vineyard in the, in the San Francisco Bay Area for a little bit and then came back home to, to the Lake Tahoe area. And now I'm doing the bartending thing and, and the distillery game. Wow. I like it. Love it. All right. So yeah. it, today is World Bartending Day. And uh, just on behalf of that, you had come up with a, a couple special recipes uh, to celebrate uh, World Bartending Day. What are what are the two recipes that uh, uh, you came up with? Oh gosh, I don't know what to. Oh, they were <laughs> all right. So okay. it was a, a Fairbanks, a Fairbanks Negroni is the one they oh, they yeah. put up here, and then uh, that's amore. <laughs> oh, beautiful! Those are those are two pairs. So you have two really different cocktails with this one. So the Fairbanks Negroni, um, Douglas Fairbanks is actually the, the first host of the Oscars and the Academy Awards. Oh, and, really? and it was, you know, when you, when you read about certain things, I get, I get inspired by really strange things when I'm doing cocktails. And so that one was one that it's, it's a, a really unique drink and Negroni is an absolutely beautiful. It's, it's among the favorite among it's a favorite among a lot of bartenders as well as consumers alike. Um, if, if, if a Negroni's perfect, it's probably my favorite cocktail. So you get inspired by one thing and you want to make your own twist on it. So to celebrate today, you know, you got to go with something a little bit glamorous. Mm. Um, so that Fairbanks Negroni, is a, it's a, a Bianca Negroni or, or a white Negroni. So you're not going to see Campari um, or, or a dark vermouth in it. I use a different bitter in there. Um, or an Amaro, which is usually um, most commonly an Italian-made spirit that's incorporating a lot of uh, bitter roots like gentian and orris and and uh, um, angelica. So you, you're gonna you're gonna get that bitter in there, and then I use a sweet white vermouth. So the same stuff goes into the the white vermouth, except it's made with white grapes as opposed to red grapes. Okay, um, and then a beautiful gin like juniper growth. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of the the bartender focused cocktail, and then the uh, the that's amore cocktail is more of like a kind of what I call an everyday cocktail. That's that one's a it's an espresso, a variation of an espresso martini with with fresh raspberries in it. So you have an oaked spirit, our, our sherry rested oak vodka, um, which is a vodka that's rested in, in used Oloroso sherry wine barrels, and then you have fresh raspberries. To, to complement some of the fruit from the sherry, um, uh, fresh espresso, always Italian, of course. <laughs> I think I mentioned that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and then a little half and half to, to point it out. So two very beautiful cocktails and very very different. All right. So as you're making these cocktails and you're coming up with uh, uh, these things, and then the, the everyday. Uh, life of a, a bartender, you're sharing these things on your Instagram, the uh, Bartender's Fable. Yeah. So, all right. So, what else are people going to find? Is are you are they going to find these recipes? Because uh, I see some pictures of some amazing cocktails. Are you taking these with your cell phone, or are these set up? <laughs> yeah, those are those are taken. I, I do take the pictures, but those are taken with my with a with a bigger camera. Yeah. 
There's um, some nice I'm shots. Got, in there. Gotta have that crisp sharpness in there. Yeah, and the, the phone does good though. I, yeah. I'm not. I'm actually not sure. There could be a couple of cell phone pictures. Yeah, yeah. So you it's tell a difference either way. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's the bartender's yeah. fable. Uh, and so people can follow your story there and, and catch some of these recipes and, and the craziness. Uh, what is it? Yeah. Uh, one of the podcasts on the Podcast Detroit Network here is called uh, Tales from the Bar Side. And uh, it, it's a, a bartender and a barmaid, and they just share some of just uh, just the amazing things that, that happen uh, across <laughs> those wooden planks. That uh, <laughs> oh So God. do you have a tale from the bar side you could share with us of uh, an interesting character you've met of late or – of note oh man i've i have some amazing bar tales i think at at Mardis camp probably the coolest things that ever happened to me was uh one day i was bartending and this isn't necessarily a conversation or a story but i'm bartending it's a it's a, a like a wednesday afternoon hmm. and i'm sitting there and larry david comes and sits down oh <laughs> <Wow>. that's great <laughs> and i kind of looked up and you know you you we were at a very high-profile place where it wasn't uncommon to see somebody that you recognize, but this one was kind of a big one, so I kind of just right. stood there, and he looks at me, and he says, the, the chicken parmesan was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> start cracking up that that was the first thing out of his mouth. <laughs> and I'm the master so, of my domain. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a really fun one. Um, you know, not no no direct story in particular that I could think of off the top, but more times than not, when you're when you're on the other side of the planks, as you mentioned, it's you're you're kind of you're a pharmacist and a therapist, right? Yeah. So you 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 find yourself talking to people, and and sometimes I swear I have "Tell Me Your Life Story" tattooed on my forehead, <laughs> <laughs> um, because I'll you know sit there, you start talking about a cocktail, next thing you know, it's it's there's a, a promotion or a divorce or, you know, a, a new baby or a deceased and everywhere in between, right? Right, yeah. So there's, I'm sure that that podcast has an endless amount of, of really entertaining stories because I, I I can't even put my finger on one right now. They, Larry. Oh, they do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they don't, they, they, they think ahead of time and they're not sprung on, like, sprung on it like this. But uh, they said one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. One of the things I wanted to ask you about because you're you're as as a sommelier and as a bartender, um, you're in you're very involved in this industry uh, and the trends happening. And and Matt and I here on the on the man cave, we 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 we, we do all kinds of spirits. We just uh, just had recorded a new podcast with uh, the guys from Zim's Vodka. Have you ever heard of Zim's mm-hmm. Vodka? I, I'm not familiar. No. Okay, it's it's a Polish. Uh, potato yeah. vodka. Okay. Yeah. You got to get your mitts on it. I'm telling you right now, Zim's vodka. Z i m s. And Zim's is Polish for uh, potato. Pa- potato. <laughs> All so right. Why is somebody <laughs> didn't grab it before? All right. So shameless plug for our boys at Zim's yeah. as we're sitting here drinking bourbon. But uh, <laughs> as, uh, but we had we had we a had vodka Zim, with, we, them with them. We had a vodka <laughs> with them earlier. But uh, so but talking about the the we, Matt and I we talk about bourbon and whiskeys quite often but we do we venture into all the spirits we've done gin we've done vodka we've yeah done, we've, we've done beer but talking well. about the the trends because bourbon has been on like just this boom i mean in the last you know, like five six years it's just been in freaking sane uh so what do you see do you see that continuing do you see do you see the bourbon boom dampening what do you what do you see as a, as a trend for the spirits in 2020 
So for for bourbon, namely, um, there's there's a lot of different variations. So there's kind of spirit trends. There's cocktail trends. Um, you know, one of the the huge ones that's already happening. So it wouldn't be a surprise if I said it is. Um, either mocktails, which are non-alcoholic cocktails, or very low ABV cocktails. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, if we're talking kind of whiskey-centric, bourbon is massive. It has been massive. It will it will always be a staple in in um, you know it's, it's it's our pride and joy here in the United States. But one of the things that I'm starting to see a lot of is different variations of whiskey and people kind of expanding the palate. So um, bourbon by law. Um, contrary to a lot of popular beliefs, does not have to be made in Kentucky. <laughs> Correct. Uh, yeah. We learned that. I think it was episode five before we figured that out. But, yeah, we got that. We got that now. We're caught up. <laughs> uh, there, there are a lot of other things it, that, that happen with bourbon. Um, has to be at least 51% corn. Yep. Mm-hmm. has to go into a new chart of containers. Yep. Lots of stuff. Um, so it has to stick in these really tight parameters that aren't, Really, they they don't get as broad of an expression as say things like uh, like single malt whiskey. Right. Um, single malt whiskey, if, if if you're using Scotch, namely, they do so many different things to help express this spirit differently. So, like, um, you see a lot of of sherry wine barrel use. So they'll they'll age the the single malt in sherry barrels. Um, they'll do things like like port wine barrels, use bourbon barrels. Um, and so you get a really, really much more broad spectrum of, of kind of the grain and then the effect that oak has on it. So one of the trends that I see happening already and that I think is going to continue to explode is, is different whiskeys. Mm-hmm. And um, I think primarily it's going to come down to, to wheat whiskeys and, and single malt whiskeys, which are made with, with malted barley. Um, if we're talking the cocktail game, I'll go back to it. Low and no ABV cocktails are ex- Loading right now. Okay. Hmm. Um, you see things like White Claw just yeah. absolutely climbing up the ranks. It's, it's basically a neutral spirit that's got soda in it. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's nothing. So, Flavored. Um, those are, th- that's going to continue to go up for sure. I mean, I've, I've seen in, in, my, in my menu development, some of these cocktails are selling three to every one old-fashioned. It's pretty amazing. Wow. Wow. You know, if you ever get the chance, so you got to get, so you got to drop the bourbon and get your white claws going, guys. Come on, <laughs> white claw, no law. Your, may I have your finest white claw, please? Uh, <laughs> one of the producers, yeah, one of the producers here at the the podcast Detroit Network. That Just, is his uh, poison of choice, man. Yeah, it's it's, so yeah, Randy, boy, he's yeah, uh, he's our white claw enthusiast <laughs> to the tenth degree, man. So, uh, you know, if you ever get I the chance. Now, I'll say, if you ever get the chance, there is a documentary that I just watched oh. recently. That's that's on Hulu. I'm not sure if you have Hulu or not, but the documentary is called Neat, N-E-A-T, Neat. Um, and it's all about oh. the history of bourbon. And if you ever get the chance, if you've seen it, awesome. But if you ever get the chance, watch it. It is just chock full of history, where the industry is going, and what drinking bourbon is all about. So, yeah. All right. So, Luke. You're oh, in, you're involved with the uh, are you involved with the Bentley Heritage Estates Distillery? Um, are you a brand advocate for them? And uh, what can you tell us about Bentley Heritage Heritage Estates? So, um, man, I should have plugged this way earlier. What the heck am I doing? Yeah, I know, dude. <laughs> uh, so Bentley Bentley Heritage is, is an estate distillery um, in Minden, Nevada. Minden is, is about an hour south of Reno, uh, about twenty minutes away from South Lake Tahoe. Kind of a, a very small rural Nevada town. Um, and the most interesting about it 
the most interesting thing about it is that we are fully a state. So um, when we were designing and, and opening up the doors to this, we actually helped define what a state means in the state of Nevada. And currently that's that 85% of the raw materials you use in production have to be grown by you on the estate. Sure. Okay. So currently um, there, there are very few of these in, in the United States right now. I think probably less than 10. Um, so currently we're growing 100% of the grains that we use oh, to distill with. Um, we're growing wheat, rye, corn, oats, and barley. Um, we're malting all of our own barley for our single malt. We have, uh, have 6,000 acres of grain, uh, 20 million pounds of dry grain storage, and, and um, we're malting up to 16 tons a week. Wow, so my goodness. We're growing a lot of it. That's, that's, that uh, is unique. I mean, that is very, very unique. There's uh, some, like, estate tequilas where they get all the agave from one oh, yeah. right. fa- one, one one farm but i I, re- I haven't heard of many uh distilleries uh with that kind of uh operation that's very cool but it has to be at least 80 percent. but you guys are rocking 100 percent. yeah so 100 percent of the grains that we're using um there's some things that that we we can't quite grow we're sure we're at almost five thousand feet elevation here we have less than 100 day growing season so right. um citrus you know when when we're making our gins uh, we we have to source our, our citrus and a handful of other mm-hmm. um, botanicals in the gins, um, but we are we're well above ninety seven percent of our raw materials. Um, we're currently we're we're making uh, a bourbon whiskey, mm-hmm. a single malt whiskey, a rye whiskey, an American wheat. We make three different gins ranging from uh, a classic London Dry style gin that we call American Dry to a very floral new world contemporary style gin that we call atrium. Hmm. Um, we're also making two different vodkas. I, I previously mentioned that we're, we're making a, probably our most unique spirit is uh, an oat wheat vodka blend that we rest and used uh, sherry wine barrels. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. It drinks like a very light whiskey. Um, and we're also making four liqueurs. Hey, wow. Jamie, so Jamie. Got a, Road trip. Road, road trip. Road trip. <laughs> All right. So, Lucas, uh, you, you said the the because I just went to the website and the the facility looks it looks amazing. The Bentley Heritage Estates Distillery. Uh, do you guys do tours? Do you have a tasting room? And how far away were you from Reno again? So we're we're uh, forty five miles straight south of Reno. Oh, that's not that's not um, bad at all. That's a twenty minute drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's we're we're from Detroit. We 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 step on it over here. So. I can speak from experience that it is a very heavily monitored road. As I just got a speeding ticket about two weeks ago. Oh, all right, <laughs> all right. So okay, all right, so a, take that, that take that forty five minute ride. Then. All right, it's a twenty five minute ride. Yeah. There you go. That, was a, that uh, one was a good kick to the groin there. Uh, uh, but we're yeah, so we're forty five minutes south of Reno. And we're just up and over the hill from, from South Lake Tahoe. So we're even closer to South Lake Tahoe. Okay. So there's all the reason in the world to come here and come see it. We have, uh, we have a tasting room. Um, we do tours. Our tasting room is open Thursday through Sunday. Mm. We're doing tours on all four of those days. And, and um, there's actually, in addition to the tours and tastings, we open up for a craft cocktail program that was designed by myself. And... Um, we're kind of just a regular bar at night too. That's, oh. that's utilizing nothing but in-house spirits. So I, I like the nightlife. 
I, I like to boogie. boogie. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're just uh, – Lucas, we're a little silly. I apologize. Yeah. Um, what are you apologizing for? This is fun, man. But, yeah, so that's uh, – because Colleen and I, when my, my wife, when we, we go like Vegas, you know, we just, it's a, you can only gamble so much, you know. So we like to go and, like, you know, go to the Painted Desert or the Joshua Tree, you know. Uh, and jumping out to a distillery, if you're over uh, in Reno or Tahoe, that would be, like, awesome. That would be just a cool little breakaway. Yeah. Hey, hey, wife, if you're listening. Yeah. They don't. Matt, who are you kidding? They don't listen. No. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right. As I said, that's the beautiful thing about the podcast. We can really say whatever we want because I know my wife will never, ever listen to it. <laughs> you, you're not yeah, wrong. Yeah, security there. It's just, you know, I love you, baby. Are you done with that thing yet? Yeah. Okay. Anonymity is a lot of fun, man. <laughs> That is that is it. So, uh, all right. So, Lucas, people can find you where again? So you can find me, uh, me personally, on the Bartender's Fable on Instagram. Um, there's going to be a web, web page launched soon um, with a number of different blog posts of, of my travels. I travel, you know, over 50% of the time representing the brand, um, the, the family of brands, rather. That's Juniper Grove Gin, Source One Vodka. And, uh, and and ultimately Bentley Heritage Estate Distillery. And you can find me here floating around and, and working on cocktails and taking pictures and, and telling jokes um, like, yeah. pretty much all the time. I think uh, I live here. I like <laughs> it. I like it. Uh, I like it. So, yeah. Uh, sorry, was there anything we didn't uh, touch upon? I think we we hit it all. So the website there is BentleyHeritage.com, to, and you should be, check it out. There's uh, just the pictures here are just uh, I want to go. <laughs> just uh, it, it looks like an amazing f- facility. Um, so, beside, can you get tours of all the distilling uh, areas too? Is that uh, something open that, or is it just a tasting room? No, no, we have we have the tour program as well. Okay. Um, Thursday through Sunday, it goes off. You know, ten a.m. to five p.m. at the top of the at the top of the hour, you get a full look into our distillation process. We touch on some of our ranching practices, um, and then. We have a we have kind of a a different space for each one of the spirits that we make within the distillery. Oh, wow. um, there are wow. five different stills here. Okay, and you know we we make all of our single malt whiskey in the most traditional way possible. Um, we use custom hand pounded Forsyth stills. Uh, we have our gin and vodkas are are, are made on a, a big German made uh, Christian Carl still, and then we got some some other R and D stuff. So the tour itself takes. Just just about an hour, and then you get a tasting flight of all five of our products. Awesome, nice. If, if someone was wa- if now. someone wanted to seek you out and purchase, you know what you guys are doing there. Mm-hmm. Could they find it here uh, in the Detroit area? Pardon the question, right? Right. Because I, I was unprepared for it for this evening. But. Well, no, because looking at the website here, I'm at bentleyheritage.com, and there is a spirits locator right on their website. So okay. wherever people are, they can go there and figure out. But yeah, are you in Michigan? Are you uh, where 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 is it readily available at this point? So we are, um, we're brand new. We've, we've opened up, we actually just celebrated our, our one year. So we haven't made it that far east yet. Okay. Um, but we are currently in, I know it's really a shame that I'm on a Michigan podcast and we're not there yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? We're worldwide, um, we're worldwide anyways, baby. From, <laughs> yeah. From, from uh, Oregon, Washington, California, Nevada, and Arizona, 
there are a number of places in those five states that you can that okay. you can pick it up. But fair, if you ever wanted to launch in, you know, the Michigan Detroit market, you know, let us know. You know, we, yeah, we'd yeah. love to help you launch. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've done a couple of tastings with a, a few other a few other uh, brands that have launched here. It's yeah. been a, just kind of been a riot. So yeah, we'd love to. Love to hang out with you. So, no, thanks for taking some time and, and checking out, checking in with us on World Bartenders Day. It's uh, uh, the Bartenders Fable on Instagram and then Facebook. It, it not Facebook, but the website uh, bentleyheritage.com. So, Lucas, thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, be well, man. Cheers. 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 Still recording? So yeah, we're still recording. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, so Bentley Heritage, the. The line of beverages there. It's world. You know, yeah, it is worldwide. But the fact is, I get I get emails and I'm I'm just like, hey, let's talk to this guy. All right, so so we're 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 in the podcast Detroit Northville studio. Yes, and we were just talking with somebody in Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. All right, so that's the whole thing about podcasting. Yes, yeah, yeah. It doesn't care where we are. Worldwide, it's who we're talking to. And their passion is across the other side of the country, mm-hmm. and he's doing what makes him happy. Yes. And, and you know what? That's the brilliance of the Man Cave Happy Hours. Mm-hmm. We are here to learn not just about what's local, but what other people are doing outside of us. Yeah. You know, and that, that's why I really enjoy the Man Cave Happy Hour and yeah. helping folks understand if you are out traveling – and you happen to be in the Nevada area and you're looking for something to do, like oh, yeah. you said. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, going to Vegas, yay, is one thing. But you take a 45-minute drive. Yeah. And next thing you know, you are at a distillery. I once shot a man in Rito. Did you? No. <laughs> did my you bury pol- him? With my Polaroid. All right. <laughs> Say, did you bury him upside down so the whole world can kiss his ass? Is that what you did? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit like that. All right, fair. Uh, all right, Man Cave Happy Hour. So like and subscribe. We appreciate you hanging out. We do uh, do little man caveys here and there. Yeah, and, just a taste. Uh, and uh, But this was just an interview. Just an interview. We were drinking while we are doing it. So oh, yeah. I pulled up. Some, well, we had some. We're doing whatever. All right. All right. But yeah, so, find us on the Instagram, on the Facebook, on the Twitter. Man oh. Cave Happy HR on the Twitter. Man Cave Happy Hour. Yes. So we find are. Find it. Like it. Subscribe it. Ask us a question. You know, if there's a spirit you like, let us know and we'll uh, give it a taste. Yeah. But Jamie, your friendship. Ah, cheers. Cheers.